At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is VSIN tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, final hour of VSIN tonight's show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And Wes Reynolds, DraftKings does a great job of getting out the uh, college hoops opening lines early uh, the day before. And uh, let's talk about coaches who lack accountability. We talked about Indiana's Mike Woodson earlier in the show. How about Rick Patino of St. John's? Mm-hmm. When things are going well, Patino is uh, the first one to uh, welcome the praise. When things are not going so well, well, he didn't hesitate to throw his players under the bus. And St. John's blew a team point first half lead against Seton Hall on Sunday. Lost the game 68-62. to This is Johnny's team that opened the season 12-4. and Since then, 2-8 and in the last 10. Uh, if you do the math, that's 14-12. and And it's a St. John's team that's on the outside looking in. NCAA tournament with um, Selection Sunday less than a month away. So after the loss to St. John's in a big blown lead, Rick Patino threw almost every player on his roster under the bus, talking about they're too slow, they can't play defense. And I wonder how his team's going to respond to these comments. Do you th- I mean, do, yeah. Can you think, do you think it could be something that's uh, a positive for St. John's down the stretch or not? Because I think if you're a player on that team and you hear your coach throwing you under the bus – then backing the bus up and driving over you, uh, you're probably not going to want to play for that coach. Well, look, uh, and uh, this team now 14 and 12, this team would not be, despite the fact that they have a couple good wins, they would not be in the NCAA tournament. They're 6 and 9 in the conference. Best wins are against Butler, Villanova, Xavier, Utah. Those are not great wins. They've got one more chance at like a marquee win, and that's on Sunday at home against Creighton. They got two with... uh, with uh, Georgetown, but yeah, some of these transfers, uh, uh, namely Dennis Jenkins, uh, came with him from Iona. Well, he did not get thrown under the bus. No, that's one player that uh, Patino did not. But some of these portal criticize. guys uh, that that a lot of people were competing for, including sure. Indiana, who we talked about earlier, Chris Ledlam, uh, Jordan Dingle, 
you know, have been a little bit disappointing. Uh, and, and, and maybe he feels like he can do that because it's like, okay, they're like rental guys. You know, so screw them if they, you know, they're not coming back anyway. So maybe he's thinking that. Now, I don't think that's good to throw your players under the bus. Uh, but when they blew that lead against Marquette, you knew something was wrong because they, they were handling it, Marquette. Uh, they were up by Seton 15. Hall. Well, I mean the one a couple of Saturdays ago. Oh, the one against uh, Marquette Yeah, the they were up 15. Week? Oh, they ended up losing by double digits. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Then, and then, of course, the uh, Seton Hall game yeah. on Sunday. 38-19 yeah. to 19 in the first half, St. John's out of lead and uh, uh, couldn't get it home. So this is probably the opponent you want to take on when you're struggling, though. Georgetown, this is a team now that has lost 10 in a row. Ed Cooley, he doesn't have his guys now. Ed Cooley hadn't been throwing his guys under the bus, though, but he's got to get time to build some recruiting classes down there. This uh, Georgetown program was just, you know, in the abyss under Patrick Ewing. So, uh, All right, I so don't know if I really want to lay St. John's, though. St. John's think- at Georgetown on Wednesday night. That's 677, 78 on the rotation. Nine and a half or 10 is the number. And we had Tim Brando of Fox Sports on the Follow the Money show this morning. We're talking about Patino's you know, lack of accountability and throwing his players under the bus, if you want to call it that. And is there a chance they could react in a positive way? Don't really think so, Wes. I find it hard to believe that these players are going to take what the coach said publicly and rally around him. I find that unlikely. Yeah, I don't think so. And, and just the way that the momentum has been going for this team – and how do you blow, blow a 19-point lead against Seton Hall in the way they did? I watched that game Sunday. Something's definitely wrong with this team, inside and out. Man, I, I hate to bet teams as bad as Georgetown, but it, it would be home dog or pass for me here at Georgetown plus Because they, they, do got a, they do have a long uh, losing streak. So I, I think Georgetown is like still playing hard, though. They're just not very they're just an uneven roster right now. And it's gonna take time for Ed Cooley to, you know, really recruit that DC, Maryland, Virginia, and all and all down the uh, all down the East Coast. Uh, uh you know, Jaden Epps is a solid player and 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 a solid scorer uh, uh for the Hoyas, uh former Illinois player, but just not a lot, just not a lot uh, out there. So he's gotta stack some classes, but I don't wanna bet St. John's here for sure. I think this team could come apart at the seams. Let's uh, listen to Rick Pitino's comments after the Seton Hall debacle on Sunday. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we – lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. I don't know. That's bad. If you're a player, you don't want to hear your coach no, saying stuff like that. No, not at all. It's one thing to say it privately. You don't say that stuff publicly. Yeah, and like like your your first year at St. John's, you know, your last chance to kind of be in a big conference job was at Iona, of course, the last few seasons. And yeah, no, you don't you don't want to hear that. And 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 look, that's not going to go well amongst 
a lot of the summer basketball and recruiting circles uh, there in the New York area because, look, that's what you have to do at St. John's. Uh, when you're a city school, whether you're DePaul in Chicago or, uh, or St. John's uh, in New York, Georgetown in D.C. as well, got to get some local kids. And you got to get some kids to stay home because look, those are fertile recruiting grounds and everybody and their brother is going to recruit there. Duke's going to come in. Carolina's going to come in. Kentucky, Kansas, you name it. Schools from all over the place are going to come in and, and, and want to get your, your talent. So that doesn't send a very good message, not only to your team, but to future recruits. I, I was a little bit surprised Rick Pitino went that route. Well, Pitino's not one who takes accountability. He doesn't take the blame. No. Never it really was, asked. It, 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 was the, it was the restaurant manager's fault down in Louisville. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> he said this is the most unenjoyable experience since he's been coaching, and that's saying a lot from a guy who went through the Karen Cipher scandal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, take 15 seconds to look it up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's Georgetown or pass for me, and I hate betting teams as bad as Georgetown, but you do wonder if the St. John's team just might completely come apart at the seams. After this, it's going to be interesting to watch uh, from that handicapping angle. Let's go to the ACC. Duke at Miami. If you're making a list of the most disappointing teams in college basketball, Miami is near the top of the list. Duke, a five point under, excuse me, five point favorite at Miami on Wednesday night. A lot of five and a half out there. And that's what I actually took here. I did take the Miami Hurricanes uh, in this spot. Uh, Look, uh, 15 and 11, this team, uh, this team would certainly be on the outside looking in uh, at six and nine. Last night from one of the bracketologists was that Miami's got to win the ACC tournament to get in. They probably do, or they at bare minimum got to win these last five games, which include Duke at home, a trip to North Carolina. Those would certainly be two marquee wins, but... Yeah, this Miami team. And, and this Miami team, look, they did bring a lot back. They brought Omir back, who I think was a almost just right behind Kyle Filipowski uh, for uh, Player of the Year in the ACC. They brought Nigel Pack, Wuga Poplar, Bensley Joseph was a contributor. They add Matthew Cleveland, who's a scorer from Florida State. So the talent is there. Maybe not the depth, but the talent is there. But uh, uh, Miami has lost four in a row. Of course, they had that 38-point game at Virginia Against North Carolina, they lose by three, did cover the number, and then they got blown out in the late in the second half. Really close game, really in the final five minutes. Got blown out at Clemson, then lose at BC. So I'm buying on really bad news with this team. Duke, by the way, has won four in a row. All th- three of them at home, ND, Boston College, Wake Forest, one at Florida State, kind of pulled away late in the second half. But yeah, I think... I think this could be a spot where they get Duke. Maybe Duke Duke a little fat and happy here. Duke, by the way, goes to Wake Forest on Saturday. Remember, Duke, Duke got blown out by Miami last year uh, in Miami, 81-59. to 59. Did beat them at home by two and then uh, knocked them out in the ACC tournament. So Duke did go two and one against these guys. I think this, this kind of looks like almost like a last hurrah game for Miami season where it's like, okay, our season is not going very well, but we get Duke at home. But we get Duke here. Like, this is the game where you got to think that they're going to put in their max effort. So uh, I like the Hurricanes plus five and a half. Yeah, I thought Michigan was going to give that max effort against Michigan State. They did for about uh, uh, 30, uh, what, 32, 33 minutes, and then they didn't score a point after that. There was was a lot to be disappointed about with the Wolverines this season and in that game against Michigan State. Uh, but we've uh, we talked about one Big Ten game. I want to hit on it briefly because I think you and I might end up on the same side. Nebraska at Indiana, and uh, it's a pick 'em. 
And I'm probably going to be on the Hoosiers here. I do think there's been so much negativity around this team uh, for the past couple weeks, and it's really <clears throat> kind of, uh, I'll say, peaking right now. Mm-hmm. Did you didn't feel like the negativity around the Indiana program is kind of reaching a peak? I do. And, and then I, the fact I, I that do. they're about to get bad news, not getting a five-star recruit tomorrow. So Mike Woodson's making all sorts of excuses. Talked about Rick Pitino not taking accountability. Mike Woodson's the other one. But I, I do think Indiana's going to rally in this spot at home against Nebraska, just like uh, the Hoosiers did rally in this spot at home against Iowa. What was that, about two weeks ago? Yeah, hopefully hopefully you get some like maybe some plus ones here. I don't think we'll get much more than that on the Hoosiers. Uh, they may end up as favorite, but I think that I think that this is their spot here. So I do like Indiana, uh, even though they did come up highly lame on Sunday against the Northwestern Wildcats. Western's a good team, though, even without Ty Berry. They are, but and man, Nebraska they, is as well. But you're not the, used to them seeing them outclass Indiana though, like that at Assembly Hall. Hadn't happened very often. Well, hopefully the Hoosiers are not going to wear those god-awful black uniforms again. Well, Mike Woodson did say, I had nothing to do with that. Now, that's he didn't have anything to do with no that. No accountability. He has something to do with putting together this roster, though, that's been a high disappointment. Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, where were those quarterbacks end up next season? We're going to talk about that and more next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Be a lot of movement in the NFL uh, quarterback market. Wes, it's like a game of musical chairs, and when the music stops, who's going to be on the outside looking in? I think Russell Wilson's going to find a chair. Mm-hmm. We know Justin Fields is going to find one, but where? A uh, lot of uh, buzz in the media today about Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram, and he has uh, followed some players on the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, if you look at the prop at DraftKings, 
where were, where will Justin Fields take his next snap? Earlier today, Steelers plus 110, Bears plus 150, the Falcons a third choice of plus 550, Patriots plus 650, Broncos 12 to 1, Commanders Raiders also at 12 to 1. Now, I think the Falcons has been adjusted at this point. I think this uh, prop has been taken down tonight. I'm trying to find it, but uh, there was a lot of buzz today that the Falcons is going to be the spot for Justin Fields. Do you buy it? Well, he's he's from that area and obviously started his uh, his career at uh, at University of Georgia before transferring to Ohio State. So, look, I, I think it certainly makes sense. I thought uh, uh, Russell Wilson maybe could make some sense down there as well. Uh, uh, so two two of the prime candidates, I think, to end up in Atlanta. But I think Atlanta uh, with, 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 with the new coach down there, Raheem Morris, uh, the GM still in place. And look, there's going to be some pressure because they didn't let go of Terry Fontenot. There was a, you know, maybe that they were going to do that because Rich McKay, of course, was part of the, the coaching search. He was a former executive there. But I have to think that maybe they want to go with the younger guy that, that uh, you know, still has maybe a little bit of developing you can do with them. Uh, I would think that they would favor Fields over Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think Fields' time in uh, Chicago is about done. He knows it. And, um, you know, the Bears with the top pick in the draft, there's a lot of different ways they can go. I don't think sticking with Fields is going to be one of yeah, those Yeah, and directions. that doesn't mean necessarily they're going to stick right there and draft Caleb Williams. Right, they, they could, could obviously move down to number two. Yeah, they could trade down, number let the three. commanders trade up to number one or anybody else that wants to and then end up with May or end up with Jaden Daniels. So the Falcons plus 550 earlier today, and I'm seeing at DraftKings right now, the Falcons now odds on favorites of minus 130. Big adjustment today on this prop. And um, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there might also be fields with the Falcons. That's where he played. He was a high school starter in Georgia. He started his college career at, as a Georgia Bulldog before he transferred to Ohio State. And the Falcons need a dynamic yeah. quarterback. That's what, you know, Wes, could we say that the Falcons have a lot of the pieces in place except for the quarterback? Because you and I both like a lot of the young talent they've yeah. got on offense and defense. Look, they got B. John Robinson uh, at running back, who's only going to be in his second year. You have uh, Cal Pitts and Drake London, who you drafted in the first round. Uh, I think those three players are the ones he followed on yeah. IG. You've got a pretty good offensive line. A couple guys on the gram, right? The gram always tells the right. truth. But uh, you've got a couple guys in the, on the offensive line that were former first-round picks that, uh, that have made Pro Bowl. So you've got a potential for offense. By the way, DraftKings has adjusted that number. Uh, Atlanta Falcons now the uh, odds-on favorite. Minus 130. I just mentioned You that. did just mention that. I, but I felt the need to mention it again. The Raiders are 12-1. to You got to wonder who the Raiders are going to go after in terms of vet, veteran quarterback. And I heard Antonio Pierce, the interim uh, coach, former interim coach, now full-time head coach, said today, worst-case scenario, we're going to have Aiden O'Connell. That's worst case scenario, which means he's looking for a veteran quarterback out there or one in the draft. Well, that's a ringing endorsement. Worst case scenario, we bring the guy that started the second half of the season for us. He did uh, compliment him and say, well, he did play his ass off the last five games. And he played well for us. But, you know, the Raiders, it's obvious that he's not a franchise quarterback. No. And the Raiders got to find somebody else in there. Justin Fields, a 12-1, to probably not the guy. Not a bet you want to make. And uh, even though his former offensive coordinator in Chicago, Luke Getze, is now the Raiders' offensive coordinator, how about Russell Wilson? Could he move within the division? Do you think uh, Russ might cook in Vegas? 
Steelers were the favorites earlier today, and uh, there's been some movement in this market as well. There's been a little bit more buzz today about Russell Wilson going to Pittsburgh. Uh, staying with the Broncos plus 350, I think he's done in Denver, and I've felt that way for a long time. I, I do too. And, 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 you know, Sean Payton essentially said so much on uh, Radio Row making the rounds uh, here for Super Bowl week that, uh, that, uh, you know, that they're looking quarterback essentially, uh, you know, saying it without saying it. But uh, uh, just just looking at, at what the, the Raiders uh, would like to do, maybe there's a chance for Russ here. Look, I was thinking maybe Kirk Cousins would be a fit, but I don't know how much money that they're that they're that they're going to want to spend because they're going to have to spend a ton for Kirk Cousins, I think. Worth it. I don't know, because I, I don't think the Raiders are like a quarterback away from being a playoff contender. I really don't. I think that they need some help uh, on the offensive line. Are they going to bring back Josh Jacobs at running back? Uh, uh, defensively, pretty good pass rush, but that's secondary. Certainly can use can use a little work. Antonio Pierce, we know, is a defensive guy. So I don't think the Raiders are like, oh, we're a quarterback away, and uh, you know we can uh, make the wild card or contend for the a- a- AFC West. There's been a little talk around the Raiders that uh – Kirk Cousins might be a quarterback they have their eye on. So Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, if they if they go that direction right now, DraftKings Raiders are plus 800, 8 to 1 odds to be Kirk Cousins' next team. To stay with Vikings, Cousins is odds on minus 200. You've also got the usual suspects on there, all the teams looking for a quarterback. The uh, Patriots, Titans, Commanders, Broncos, Steelers, Buccaneers. What do you think Sean Payton's going to do in Denver? Who's he got his eye on? Because the draft, there are a lot of uh, quality quarterback prospects in this draft. We could see five go in the first round. You think Antonio Pearson, the Raiders, feel the urgency to win now and not go with a rookie? Because I think Sean Payton's got some time. He could buy time. If he really likes one of these rookie quarterbacks, he could, he could go via the draft. He's also got Jared Stidham he can play next season. Yeah, and 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 look, uh, it depends on if uh, Sean Payton wants to go with the uh, more economical option. Uh, uh, you know, Jared Stidham uh, is the current incumbent, uh, assuming once uh, Russell Wilson uh, finds a new chair and uh, finds some, a new team. They got some cap issues with Russell Wilson's contract. They, they do, yeah. so that's why they may have to, uh, you know, really look at economics here if they bring somebody in outside the organization. Look, Jameis Winston does have a past connection with Sean Payton. Uh, was with him for two seasons, so. That could happen. Look, he had, a, and he had a, I think, a one-year deal in 2021 and a two-year $28 million extension ahead of 2022. So Jameis Winston, I think, uh, maybe could be a possibility. Kirk Cousins is not going to be the economical option because he had a $35 million deal last year. If you look uh, down the road, uh, I think even Tannehill and Baker Mayfield are going to be outside the price range. So Jameis Winston, maybe a, a, a Sam Darnold, a Jacoby Brissett, but that's like a one-year deal. They were playing on one-year deals of $8 million this year too. Gardner Minshew uh, as well uh, could be one of those options because I don't know, uh, and unless Denver decides they want to trade up and, and draft a guy, because I don't think Denver, unless they're getting one of those top three guys in the draft, I don't see them drafting like a McCarthy or, or Nick's or Michael Penix Jr., especially with his uh, medical issues. But I could see Sean Payton drafting a quarterback because he wants his guy. Yeah, but it might be it might be a, a second or third rounder, right. maybe. It might not be in the first round. That could happen as well. I mean, 
it seems like uh, right now the musical chairs would say most likely fits are going to be Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh, Justin Fields in Atlanta, and Kirk Cousins in either Minnesota or Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nothing really I think I would bet on right now. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so either. And obviously the opportunity to bet on Fields to the Falcons was much better yesterday than it was today. And some you of that, have plus 550, and now he's an odds-on favorite. And some of this you're going to have to wait for the, for the combine, but the unfortunate thing about the combine, uh, I don't see any of those three quarterbacks throwing or doing any drills. They'll be there for the interviews and stuff, but those guys, Williams, May, Daniels, they're all going to wait for the pro days. At this point, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, you think you're going to be off the board by the, with the top three picks, right? I would think so. And, and, and is somebody going to reach for McCarthy? McCarthy has been moving up the draft boards, but to me, he's like a late first rounder, and I'm seeing in all the mocks, like very early top 10. Seeing that too. We're middle of the first round. Yeah. And then uh, Bo Nix out of Oregon. I think also. Bo Nix is going to end up being at the, at the back end of the first round. Uh, I'm not so sure about Michael Penix Jr., though. Uh, Penix could be a second-round pick. I think so, too. Because he's got an injury history and yes. some other issues. But that's going to be the prop. How many quarterbacks will go in the first round? And it's going to be set at four and a half and probably juiced a little bit to the over, right? Mm-hmm. And that fifth quarterback would be Bo Nix? Yes. And then those other two guys, you see Rattler, Travis, probably late second, early thirds on those guys. All right, we'll talk more college hoops when we come back. And also golf betting. Do have a tournament this week, PGA Tour stop in Mexico. We'll get Wes's uh, handicap of that event. But we got a lot of ground to cover on the college hoops board, including a big revenge game in the Mountain West Conference on Wednesday night. We'll talk about all that more when we come back here in a few minutes on VSEN tonight. Big matchup. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, the VSIN experts have just released the free NBA at the break betting primer. Get the free guide today and bet smarter on the association with futures bets. Full analysis on the Eastern and Western Conference at the break. Plenty of other betting tips, vcin.com slash guide to get your free copy, vcin.com slash guide. Wes, there's your guy, Tyrese Halliburton of the Pacers on the cover of the betting primer at the break. Yeah, uh, uh, hopefully uh, leading them into uh, perhaps a top four seed here. Uh, We shall see as long as uh, they can stay healthy and uh, get uh, Matherin back going. He missed a couple games for the break, even though he's in the skills challenge on Saturday. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. We haven't seen uh, Halliburton and and Pascal Siakam play together a lot. Uh, They don't have a lot of reps together. But obviously they are building for the future, but you would like to make at least some kind of statement this year. Uh, I have a feeling, Matt, that at uh, somehow, some way, we are getting a Pacers-Bucks first-round series, which I think would be great because there's some heat between those two teams. We saw some of that out here in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, you know, the game time, Tyrese did the point to the watch. I know what time it is as they closed out the Bucks, And then, uh, of course, uh, uh, Dame uh, knocked him out of the uh, three-point shootout. And Tyrese kind of gave like a little smile and, and gave him his dab. Hey, good job, you know. But 
I don't think those two guys like each other too much. And I think that that's good in the NBA. You need players that don't like each other. I asked JVT this morning and follow the money to rank the top five teams in the East. And uh, I assume most will say the Boston Celtics number one. West, the rest of the candidates, Cavs, Bucks, Knicks, Sixers, Pacers, Heat. How would you rank the top five in the East? How seriously do you take the Cavs and the Knicks? Well, look, I have to obviously not rank Philadelphia at full strength because they're not at full strength. So I'd go, I would go number one, Boston. I would go number two, Cleveland. I would, I would be, maybe put the Knicks third, uh, but they're not at full strength right now either, but they've been a lot more consistent than Philadelphia. And I'd go uh, uh, Bucks four, Pacers five. Philadelphia six, although they could be eclipsed by the uh, Orlando Magic, which was a team you didn't mention. I think Orlando's going to win that Southeast division, by the way, over Miami. Yeah, the Magic right now in the eighth spot in the East. You like the Magic better than the Heat? (sighs) The Heat have so much more experience. Look, I think the Heat would go further in the playoffs and have a better chance uh, to knock off somebody in the first round. They certainly did it last year. They made it as an eight seed uh, all the way to the finals, but... With the Heat, I don't know. Like, I feel like something's missing with that team, even though they have a lot of the core back, even though, you know, now now Jimmy has been out. Uh, uh, Jimmy Butler has been out for a little while. I think he's going to return very soon. But I just, you have Bam, and, and you have a lot of these three-point shooters, but some, some of them guys are gone, though. Gabe Vincent is gone. Max Struess, who's playing great for Cleveland uh, right now. So, it's like, do you think that they've replaced enough? Uh, they do have a new point guard, essentially, uh, uh, Terry Rozier, who is who they got uh, at a, in a trade with Charlotte. I like Hawkes off the bench. Uh, Tyler Hero has now come back from injury, but I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe the Heat. There, there's something off with this team. I think a little bit. I don't, I don't know like what the it heat is. Like I did last year. No, <clears throat> I was uh, talking up the Heat a lot last year. I'm not going to do that this time. No, I don't think so. I think you have, you know, different guys in the rotation. Uh, they they don't have a lot of depth in terms of size. You know, if Bam gets in foul trouble or something. And, 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 and Bam is, you know, really, he's a center, but not like your prototypical center. Detroit Pistons are 8-46 and 46 coming out of the break. 28 games left. How many games do you think the Pistons end up winning? Uh, I'm going to say 13. Overall, so you got them five and twenty-three the rest of the way. I do, and 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 maybe 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 that's uh, being too low uh, on these guys because there will be some teams that won't take them seriously, and, and also they'll sneak towards, up in a couple games. Yeah, you're right. Also, towards the end of the season, West, some of these other teams pack it in. Yeah, right. You never know when uh, some of these other teams are going to because the Pistons might... did make a lot of trade. They made a lot of changes to their roster. They did get uh, Fontecchio from the Jazz. I think it's a nice little little a nice uh, shooter off the bench. Uh, uh, and, and look, they're go, they're going with they're going with these young guys, of course. A lot of young guys, Cunningham and uh, Jalen Duran, uh, who's like a rebounding machine down low, good defensively, not great offensively. We'll see if Jaden Ivey starts to come into his own. Uh, uh, they don't need guys getting into fights, though. Who was it? Uh, Isaiah Stewart uh, punched uh, Drew Eubanks, I think, from the uh, uh, Phoenix Suns before the game. And uh, there was actually a police report filed. I don't believe it was by Eubanks. I believe it was by witnesses. But Detroit's just been a mess. They've been an absolute mess all season under Monty Williams. 
Well, he's got a long contract and a lot he of does, money. He does, and that's why they gave him a long contract, because this is a big-time work in progress in the Motor City. And the Pistons traded Bojan Bogdanovich. Yep. I don't think he's related to Nick Bogdanovich of Circus Sports. No. Both very good shooters, But Nick though. was a good shooter, too. Back to college hoops. Let's talk about some of the games on the Wednesday night card. We've hit a bunch of spots already. And, uh, Wes, we're actually going to go to one. What happened to Florida Atlantic since uh, the Owls reached the Final Four? Now, on Saturday, I'm going to guess that you were on South Florida against uh, or FAU. I actually did not play you didn't that. Take the I did not play that. I thought game. you might be on the Bulls as home dogs. I, I was. I was. Uh, I was tempted because I didn't know if it was going to be the quote "show them who's boss" game, even though Florida Atlantic is the one that's new to this conference, and yeah. uh, and that's been shown a little bit. Uh, boy, for uh, for FAU. That win against Arizona out here is the gift that keeps on giving. That was a game Arizona Unless blew. they totally melt down down the stretch, they're going to get into the NCAA tournament, I think, again, off that win. I absolutely think it. And they got a couple other decent. Uh, you know, A&M, it's not as good of a win as it was. Butler's an okay win. Uh, Bonavent, St. Bonaventure's an okay win. But this FAU team, 10-3 and three right now, and they lose, of course, to uh, South Florida on Sunday. That was a, that was a big deal uh, for the Bulls. Uh, Amir Abdurrahim uh, is now in his first year down there. Remember, he took Kennesaw State uh, to the tournament last year. They were a 14 seed. And, uh, and uh, that Kennesaw team, by the way, uh, a very competitive loss in the first round, uh, I believe, to Xavier, only lost by five. Uh, so he is now at South Florida. This is now, I believe, the second longest uh, winning streak, or or actually it's third now because St. Mary's, by the way, did finish off San Francisco. Uh, Don's get the cover. Gales get the win. They have the longest winning streak in the nation at 14. Colgate in the Patriot League at 12 games in the South Florida Bulls. 11 games in a row. Now, they finally got kind of a signature win. I guess they did beat Memphis on the road, and they beat North Texas on the road. South Florida Bulls uh, are 12-1 and in the American Athletic Conference, and it looks like, uh, as of today, they would win this conference. Another surprising team with a lot of wins in a row, Charlotte, 11-2, and had an interim coach, and they just extended a mayor and Fern, FAU and SMU in uh, third, respectively, at 10-3. and But with South Florida... You get your biggest win of the year. You beat FAU. Because now you're a road favorite against UTSA. Yes. 705-706 on the rotation. Bowls laying five and a half at San Antonio. And UTSA, look, eight and 18 on the season. They are two and 11 uh, uh, in terms of conference play. It's a big game for them, though. And, and South Florida going on the road. And South Florida has played well, but they've gotten lucky in some close games. They've got lucky against Rice, where they trailed a lot of the game, ended up winning by four. I think I was taking three and a half. Uh, uh, beat Charlotte by three. They were down most of the game against Charlotte, came back. Same thing against North Texas. So this South Florida team is good, but they've been living kind of right here. And uh, this could be one where they stub their toe because now all of a sudden this team is getting noticed. Now, all of a sudden, because they beat a ranked team, this team's getting a little bit more ink uh, than they were. And uh, a lot of uh, Tampa area is focused on them. But I think this is tough. I, I took six already with UTSA. That, that This has dropped a little bit. There's so a other seven people. out there. Unless the screen's wrong, there's a seven out there at Caesars if you want to take the dog, UTSA. Okay. It, it, to me, it would be dog or pass. I'm seeing mostly five and a half now out there uh, over, overnight. Right, but, right. But, yeah, I, I, I did take UTSA this 
this looks like low-hanging fruit for South Florida, but they had to hang on against FAU. They were pulverizing FAU in that Sunday game. I watched a decent amount of that. They were up 70-45 to 45 with about nine minutes left to go, and then FAU made a run, cut it to one possession, and end up losing by four. All right, we got some spots in the Mountain West we got to talk about on Wednesday night. Two quick ones I'll mention in the SEC. Georgia at Vandy. At DraftKings, Georgia, a one-point road favorite in Nashville. And how about Mississippi? Mississippi State Bulldogs, eight-point home favorites. Boy, Georgia shots. only laying one. I know Georgia's lost six in a row, by the way. It's uh, a pick in a lot of spots. Yeah, so. a couple competitive losses. Lost by three at Arkansas, lost by six to Florida. That was like a one- or two-possession game most of the way. It, nothing for me in that one. Uh, uh, Mississippi, Chris Beard's bunch has kind of come back to earth. Mississippi State has won three in a row. At home, lost at Ole Miss earlier this year, eighty-six to eighty-two. Uh, what is what is the current number on that game between eight, seven and a half or eight? I think that's I think that's about right. Mississippi State would be a good money line parlay candidate with the smaller favorite tomorrow. There you got two games in the Mountain West, including your big revenge spot and golf best bets. When we come back to finish the show. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook, new players can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. Official sports betting partner of the NBA, promo code VSIN at DraftKings. UConn. Top-ranked team in college basketball had its 14-game win streak snapped tonight. UNLV, nowhere near the rankings, just had its five-game win streak snapped on uh, Saturday night. Had a good crowd at the Thomas Mack Center. Had a big lead. Rebels were up nine with uh, five minutes to go, Wes, and they found a way to blow it. 
Lost to Nevada, 69-66. Took a couple of (laughs) ill-advised three-point attempts. Missed four consecutive free throws. Turned the ball over. Just a general lack of direction on the offensive end of the floor. And that's how you lose a nine-point lead in the final five minutes and your five-game win streak goes up in smoke. So... Well, that's you can say it's a bad loss for a team that seemed to be headed in the right direction, but nothing's worse than uh, the Air Force UNLV game early this season. The meltdown against Nevada Saturday night—that's one thing. How does Air Force score ninety points on you? Well, still can't figure that out. So we go back to January twenty-third, and this is when the UNLV, after this loss, is when UNLV started its five-game win streak. 90 to 58 home loss to Air Force on January 23rd. UNLV was an 11 point favorite in that game and never in it. Blown out from the start. And how the hell do you get blown out by Air Force by 32 on your home floor and allow 90 points? Well, guess what? Air Force is 1 and 11 in the Mountain West, mm-hmm. and that's the Falcons' only win. So, is this a payback spot Wednesday night in Colorado Springs? UNLV opens a six-point favorite on the road, and I'll caution you before you think it's automatic payback. All three times UNLV played Air Force last year, yeah, the Rebels struggled. Yeah, and and look, I think that they could again. I'm not necessarily yeah. going to lay the six here. That that game uh, you were talking about with Air Force, though, 90 to 58 final. Air Force uh, 14 threes they hit. UNLV was just five of 28. Air Force scored 1.41 points per possession against UNLV uh this is an offense by the way they do shoot the three well but this is an offense that's one of the slower ones in the country they are 358th in adjusted tempo if you look at average possession length 20.3 seconds on average that is 361 I believe out of 361 teams I think that's dead last in all college basketball or at least second to last uh so you know I would expect that this is going to be a more a lower scoring game, uh, more so certainly than the uh, than the first game. Total at one thirty four is ba- is basically what I'm seeing. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do anything with the side here. Would lean a little bit with the under in terms of the total. This strikes me as something that might be like a a sixty six to like sixty or something like that. Go back to last season. And this is why I think uh, the Rebels and Kevin Kruger, they haven't figured out how to play Air Force yet. And this is why I'd be a little bit cautious. Mm-hmm. Last season, UNLV beat Air Force at the Thomas Mack 54-53. to Yes. Then they played again in the Mountain West Tournament, and it went to overtime, and UNLV won that 78-70. Rebels probably should have lost both of those. And that games. was an OT, and that was 57-57, to by the way, and at the end of regulation. So... Another reason why I, I just think that was anomaly the game earlier uh, against Air Force where they scored ninety here. I think this is a lower scoring game. This is a uh, low sixties. Okay, well, how about this? Doug Kazarian of Only Players he dug this up, or his researcher dug it up. How about this for a trend? Because Air Force, you would think, gets involved in a lot of lower scoring games, right? Mm-hmm. According to Doug, Air Force has uh, hit the over in 10 straight games and 15 of the last 16. Now, granted, these are these are low totals and 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 the fact, look, they're they're out talented most nights. But this could be this could be this could be the outlier because, look, they got beat 84, 70 by Fresno, 83, 72 by Wyoming, 94. They gave up at Boise. 
77-64 at home against the Aztecs, against San Diego State, 68-66 against Fresno, and 73-66. So, you know, that trend aside, I still think the under is probably the right way, or at least the first way you should look here. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that game right now. New Mexico, Colorado State, the first time these teams played, I did the bet on Colorado State, and the Rams were a little bit lucky because Jalen House, star guard for the Lobos, got in foul trouble. That game was in uh, Fort Collins, and uh, the first time around, Colorado State won that 76-68 and covered the short number. The rematch at the Pitt and Albuquerque on Wednesday night, New Mexico opens a five-and-a-half-point favorite. There are sixes out there, uh, Wes, and we know the Lobos are another one of those teams that yeah, they have hit some speed bumps on the road, but they tend to blow out teams, even the best teams in the conference on their home floor at the pit. Colorado State won by 20 against a very good Utah State team, who, by the way, that? held on yeah. against San Diego State tonight. Colorado State won by 20 and shot four of 23 from the three. That was that, that that's insane. You just don't see that. But, uh, you know, when you got guys that and you can score inside, so not a very good uh, defensive effort uh, necessarily by Utah State. And New Mexico State did kind of struggle, too, on, on the defensive end or New Mexico, rather, uh, in, in the second half. Just couldn't stop Jaden Ladee. Really, nobody in the conference has had an answer, though, for uh, Jaden Ladee all year. So looking at this. uh you're paying the premium on New Mexico, certainly at home, uh, uh, because the one the uh, they've they've lost two at home though in conference play to UNLV and to Boise State. So that's two. That seems maybe a point too high to me. Uh, I think that I think the total probably right at one fifty five. I've got nothing here. It's going to be a favorite or pass for me here. It's going to be Lobos or nothing. This could be like a, a money line parlay, which I'm using a little bit more now because the numbers are getting a little bit tighter. And and they were even earlier in the season, not just after Super Bowl, because a lot of the, the quote-unquote spots already taxed. You know, these guys aren't necessarily just copying and pasting Ken Palm anymore. They're accounting for the fact that, hey, we know, we know what the quote-unquote the wise guys are going to do here. So they're already putting that in the number. So that's the thing. If you're like a spot player, you can't just be a spot player. You've also got to be a numbers player and combine it and uh, find that happy equilibrium. Would you money line parlay New Mexico with UNLV? I don't know. Uh, if you're going to look at two Mountain West games later on the board? I mean, if I was, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, some money line parlay candidates that I saw Mississippi State against Ole Miss could be a possibility or uh, I'm looking for uh, maybe a lower price favorite though. So you don't have to lay too much vig here. So uh, uh, just looking through it, I think uh, maybe, maybe one of these extra board games. Uh, how about uh, actually, uh, how about Bradley? Bradley is a, as a small favorite uh, could be one. They are laying, I believe three tomorrow at Missouri state. Uh, uh, Bradley Braves uh, look like they're going to settle for third because they have fallen off the pace, of course, from Indiana State and Drake Bradley. Uh, poor loss on Sunday, poor performance at Northern Iowa. So they do get Missouri State, who they blew out earlier this year. Uh, Missouri State finally broke a three game losing streak, uh, beat Valpo by eight on Saturday. So maybe Bradley is a small road favorite with one of those Mountain West. This is a joke. How about Marquette at minus 5,000 over DePaul? <laughs> no? 
Uh, hey, let's wrap it up here talking about golf bets. Bets. We got the Mexico Open, and obviously it doesn't start until Thursday, but Wes, you need plenty of time to handicap it and get your plays in on uh, Wednesday. And Tony Finau, the favorite at single-digit odds, but we're going to look for some bombs here, and I think you and I are going to land on some common players. Actually, I made two bets today in the 50-1 to range on Maverick McNeely. Might as well do it one more time. And Johnny Vegas, uh, Mm -hmm. what are you looking at here? I'm on both of those. I'll go a little bit lower on the board to start. Keith Mitchell, 25-1. to Good start. Four or five cuts he's made. Top 10 and two top 20s. Four for strokes gained off the tee. Uh, very good driver of the golf ball. And that's, I think, what you have to be here. It's set up for those guys. Davis Thompson, another one of those guys, 35 to 1. Uh, 14th on approach this year, top 25 strokes game putting on the overall tour. Uh, Sam Stevens, 70 to 1, who, aside from his runner up at the Valero Texas Open in San Antonio, by the way, another course designed by Greg Norman, as this course is uh, this week at Vedanta Vallarta. Best performances were on the Pespalum, uh, third at the Corrales Punta Cana, 15th in Puerto Rico. He finished ninth on this course, actually, in 2021. It was an event on PGA Tour Latino America before the Mexican Open, or the Mexico Open, rather, became a PGA Tour event. Very, tops 15 on driving distance. And then another guy that's a big price for a guy that's kind of a name player Robert McIntyre 125 to 1 Bobby Mack Bobby Mack has missed four of his last five cuts because he's been an absolute horror show uh, putting but this is a course we can attack relentlessly with the driver and uh, very familiar with the Paspalum uh, having played on the DP World Tour you see that a lot over there in the Middle East swing Mack Grill of DraftKings joins us tomorrow to talk more golf Mitch Moss Paul Howard back from vacation follow the money stay tuned At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.